Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. <clears throat> Hi there, welcome back. This will be for Acts chapter 9. The heading reads, Jesus appears to Saul, Saul a chosen vessel, Ananias restores Saul's sight, he is baptized and begins his ministry. Peter he- heals Aeneas and raises Dorcas from death. All right, verse 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Damascus is about 150 miles north of Jerusalem, so it would take Saul and his attendants about a week to travel the distance. Perhaps during those few days of comparative leisure, he began to wonder whether what he was doing was right or not. Perhaps the the shining face of the dying Stephen and the martyr's last prayer began to sink more deeply into his soul than it had done before. Little children's cries for their parents, whom Saul had bound, began to pierce his soul more keenly and and make him feel miserably unhappy as he looked forward to more experiences of that kind in Damascus. Perhaps he wondered whether the work of the Lord, if he were really engaged in it, would make him feel so restless and bitter. He was soon to learn that only the work of the evil one produces these feelings, and that true service for the Lord always brings peace and contentment. Verse 3, And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Why did Saul have this experience when he was persecuting the church? Little McConkie says there can be only one answer, pre-existence. Saul had gained the talents and risen to the spiritual stature in the pre-mortal life, which qualified him to stand as an apostolic minister of him who now chastened him on the Damascus road. Joseph Smith taught that every man called to minister among the er, to minister through the priesthood was foreordained in the grand council of God before they came to this earth. Verse 4, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And the pricks are probably the promptings of the Spirit that were telling him that he shouldn't be doing that. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. President Benson said, There is no more crucial question that a man should be constantly asking than that which Paul asked, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? There is no more essential answer than that which he received, to go to do those to go to those who are authorized by the Lord to give directions. Verse seven. And they who were journeying with him saw indeed the light, and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him who spake to him. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. His his physical blindness was probably given to him as a symbol of his spiritual blindness. Verse 10, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. He was probably the presiding officer of the church in Damascus. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. 
Ananias was probably going to be the target of Saul's intended arrest and imprisonment, and hath seen a vision, a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Saul apparently received great spiritual manifestations during his three days of fasting, blindness, and prayer. At least, we here learn he had another vision before his coming baptism. Isn't this a lot like Alma the Younger, who also uh, had a similar experience? Verse 13, Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to the saints, to thy saints at Jerusalem. Ananias is probably saying, and he's coming after, coming after me next. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Saul was foreordained. Nothing he had done on earth qualified him for what was ahead, but his native spiritual endowment, nurtured and earned in pre-existence, prepared him for the coming ministry. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Being human, we would expel from our lives physical pain and mental anguish and assure ourselves of continual ease and comfort. But if we were to close the doors upon sorrow and distress, we might be excluding our greatest friends and benefactors. Suffering can make saints of people as they learn patience, long-suffering, and self-mastery. That was by President Kimball. Brigham Young said, Joseph could not have been perfected, though he had lived a thousand years, if he had received no persecution. If he had lived a thousand years and led this people and preached the gospel without persecution, he would not have been perfected as well as he was at the age of 39 years. Verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest, hath sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes, as it were, as it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened, that then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. This is probably like his mission training center. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the, God, that he is the Son of God. But all that heard him were amazed and said, Is not this he that destroyed them which called on his, on, the, on his name in Jerusalem, on this name in Jerusalem, and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Saul increased the more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. But their lying in wait was known to Saul, or this conspiracy was known, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down by the wall in a basket. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. You can understand their uh, reluctance to take him in. Three years, <clears throat> three years after his conversion, Saul went to Jerusalem, but he found that the members of the church there were afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. The scriptures do not give an account of what they, Peter and Paul, talked about. We assume that in addition to discussing the scriptures and points of doctrine, Saul must have asked many things about Jesus and his ministry. How thrilling to ask the chief apostle about when the 5,000 or when, the, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, walked on the water, opened the eyes of the blind, healed the sick, fed the 5,000, challenged the teachings of the Pharisees, suffered in the Garden of Gethsemane, and visited with the eleven for forty days following his resurrection. What an opportunity to ask James 
about Jesus as a boy, about Mary and Joseph and Jesus' other half-brothers and half-sisters, and about other things that James would know firsthand. Verse 27, But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Grecians, but they went about to slay him. When the brethren knew this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him forth to Tarsus. Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria, and were edified, and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, were multiplied. The prophet Joseph Smith described Saul as being about five feet high, very dark hair, dark complexion, dark skin, large Roman nose, sharp face, small black eyes, penetrating as eternity, round shoulders, a whining voice except when elevated, and then it almost resembled the roaring of a lion. He was a good orator, active and diligent, always employing himself in doing good to his fellow man. You can imagine that Joseph Smith must have seen Paul to be able to give that kind of a description. And it came to pass, as Peter passed through throughout all these regions, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. So Peter's touring the mission, basically, and branches of the church. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas. I don't know how you say that exactly. We're going to go with Aeneas, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole, arise and make thy bed. And he arose, arose immediately. And all that dwelt at Lydda and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, and that's an Aramaic word, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. And that's the Greek meaning gazelle. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom they whom when they had washed, they laid her up in an upper chamber. And forasmuch as Lydda was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. It's important not to delay, because remember, they bury a person the same day that they die. So you got to hurry up or she's going to be buried. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the windows stood by him, all the widows stood by him weeping, and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed, and turning to the body said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. Peter stays in Joppa, and Cornelius sends for him in tomorrow's discussion. So that's the end of the chapter for today, and we'll see you next time. Bye.